Hi guys, it's Graham here from the podcast. Just before the podcast starts, I just want to let you know what we think. So we really appreciate every single listen that we get and we, we're doing our best. You never ever charge for anything. But we have signed up over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. So there's no subscription. It's a one-time thing. You can do it at your leisure. But basically, if you want, you can gift us the price of a cup of coffee. So if you would buy us a cup of coffee, for, for listening to the podcast it's a way to do it now we would never no not a case we would never but we, we're trying our best never not demonetize but there is running costs obviously there's time there's one to help guys to give up a lot of their free time and stuff they get better mics and better quality stuff and have more time to put out better quality content now listen if you don't want to do that that is more than okay honestly we hope that you just keep enjoying the free content and and just supporting the podcast for your lessons because it really does help. We absolutely love doing it and we appreciate every lesson, every bit of feedback and everything going. So if you want, you'll find the link on our Twitter. It's pinned or on our link tree. It should be in there too. So it's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. Thank you and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Everton Army podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Andrew and Paul, and very special guest today and fellow podcaster himself, uh, frequently collaborating with the County Road Bobblers lads and also uh, the Business Matters podcast episodes as well with the ESC and um, longtime friend of the pod as well, Roger Armstrong. It's so glad to, so good to have you back on, Sarah. How have you been? Uh, yeah, I've had an all right summer. Um, well, whatever summer you, you call it, it certainly hasn't been hot, hot and sunny. Uh, but it's been mm. all right because there's been no Everton, which has been um, a bit of a relief <laughs> for us all. Um, yeah. But I'm here to bring the positivity today, so <laughs> watch out. <laughs> Definitely, mate. Yeah. But, uh, one of us needs to be positive. Actually, I've, I've been pretty doom and gloom. Um, yeah, but we'll see how it goes. Anyway, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. Um, and I just want to start with the, the preseason overall and the summary of it because. Although we haven't lost a game in pre-season, uh, Roger, it didn't, we didn't seem to get a real test in pre-season. Obviously, the sporting game was a nice little um, test for us. But before that, the games were pretty crap um, and it didn't really give us an indication of what's going on. And, and obviously, a couple of weeks back as well, and I know you were quite animated at the thought of this gaffer day thing. Um, we had a brief conversation about that. So um, tell us about that and how you feel about the pre-season overall. I mean, pre-season for Everton is such a curious thing because the whole point of pre-season, as I understand it, is a bit of team bonding, catch up on fitness, uh, get mm. a group of players together who are going to, you know, live in the trenches for the next, you know, nine months or so. But our yeah. pre-season is always something of a disaster because we never bring in signings in time. And, um, you know, I think what's different about this one this year is, is the quality of the opposition we've faced. Um, you know, a second division Swiss team, uh, Bolton Wanderers and uh, Stoke, uh, and, and then Sporting, as, as you say, and a funny game at home to Monza behind closed doors. Um, I suppose you would say in pre-season we've been quite tight at the back. We haven't conceded many goals. In fact, we just conceded one to Neon. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Clean sheets mm. everywhere else. Um, yeah. yeah, the whole gaffer's day. I mean, yeah, fine. It's all about fitness, is it? But, you know, let's just get Let's just get a personal trainer in there. It, it, you know, uh, you know, Daesh, it's not so much he divides opinion. I just think 
sometimes he's great at PR and sometimes he's rubbish at it because because mm-hmm. if all he's going to bring to the table is gaffer's day and fitness <laughs> we can get someone anyone to do that I mean I want a team that's mm-hmm. going to I want someone who's going to prepare the team tactically and who's going to you know uh, improve players and not just focus on on bleeding fitness because that should be you know base level that should be base camp shouldn't it um, mm-hmm. and I know you know that's how he positions himself and you know the gifts of him there in his white shirt in the snow and everything. But, you know, here we are again. It's another Everton pre-season, which is ending with injuries to key players. And, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter. Whoever comes in, we say, oh, the players aren't fit enough. That's why they get injuries. You know, Benitez mm. said exactly the same thing, didn't he? The players aren't mm. fit enough. So, you know, this is why they get injuries. Well, now we've had yeah. a tremendous pre-season. Uh, we've focused on fitness. Gaffer's day here, there and every bloody where. And we've got some key players out injured. And I'm not talking mm. Calvert Lewin. So who knows? Um, the quality of the opposition disappoints me. And what disappoints me is uh, I'm pleased that we've kept clean sheets, but, you know, yeah. goals. Goals, how? Mm. And, you know, a last minute goal from Onana from a sort of corner, wasn't it? A dead ball scenario, yeah. a bit of a scramble, a bit of a Kevin Campbell scramble. And, and yeah. then a penalty against Sporting. I mean, the goal, the, the goal was, something, I think, um, the kid Kiate's goal, wasn't it? Against Neon was probably Cut, the best. Yeah, yeah. Best, that was yeah. a nice goal. Yeah. Mm. so but no no sign no sign of him so who knows i guess we find out three o'clock or, or probably 10 to 5 on um, on saturday don't we when when marco silver comes to town let's see yeah definitely yeah um we, we you were a bit um concerned because i know i was and and andrew as well we shared the same opinion of dice when he first arrived um were you a bit concerned of this is we, we knew what we were getting with dice in terms of the running and the fitness and the bleep test and stuff it was notorious um were you a bit concerned when he first got the job about his lack of tactical nous? Uh, Roger, sorry, mate, I should have made that clear. Oh, to me, to me. Sorry, I yeah. thought you were asking yeah. Andrew. Um, look, I think he's got a full season this season, hasn't he? And there's a considerable school of thought out there that he's the best we can get. And there's also a school of thought out there, which which worries me a little bit uh, in that he's absolutely blameless. Mm. Right. So the hands are tied. We've got no money. He's got 97 different managers, players in his squad. And he, you, you know, he won't be responsible, whatever happens. Now, he has to be responsible. He's got a full season. He's had a full preseason. I understand that maybe the transfer activity is somewhat limited. Uh, and the the budget is certainly minimal to zip, um, mm. but 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 I, I, I think the jury has to be out on his ability to improve players other than those he's historically worked with. So Keane, yeah, McNeil, yeah, McNeil. I mean, McNeil saved our season, didn't he? Like the end of last season, McNeil saved our mm. season. Brighton away saved our season. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, without that victory, uh, without Pickford's late save, and without Nick Pope's late save against Leicester. You know, any yep. of those three hadn't happened, we would be down. So, you know, we'd have been entertaining Coventry uh, on mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, so he kept us up and he deserves credit for that, undoubtedly. And he should make us tighter at the back. And that's what you need if you're a bottom half of the table team, which we undoubtedly are. You need to be tight at yep. the back and you need to be able to win games 1-0. And he's shown that he can do that. But God, it's not inspiring, is it? I mean, is it? I, you can't get excited about who are we going to go and see? Dwight McNeil, yeah, okay, but there's <laughs> not there's not there's not much that's going to have you on the edge of your seat. You know, oh, get the ball mm. to 
so-and-so on the wing or, or you know, uh, somebody's going to make a run, somebody's going to turn a defender with a piece of skill. And that's the kind of mm. football I like, pacey football, creative football, on the front foot, yeah. not just based on running through brick walls. Um, mm. and, and, and I think we need a bit more than that. Hopefully, hopefully, um, it'll, it'll surprise me. Um, mm-hmm. but, but he's got very limited resources. You know, he's got a very, very limited squad. And um, I am concerned that... Um, we're going to have Michael Keane at centre-back. I am concerned that we've put our eggs in the basket of a 38-year-old who is, yes, a great pro and model in the dressing room, but it's a lot of money to be paying him in wages, age 38, when what are we saying? Mm-hmm. He is a squad player or is he first-choice right-back or left-back? Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know, John. I mean, I want to get excited. I want to be positive because I'm sick and tired of being fucking negative about but this is as bad as it gets. This is the worst squad I can remember. I actually looked mm. at um, the other day. I looked at the team that Martinez put out when we lost mm. his last game in charge, which was way to Sunderland. We lost 3-0. And then he got the heave-ho in 2016. And uh, that was the season, you know, we lost the two semis to United and the, the League Cup yeah. semi to City. And I looked at the team that day. Uh, we lost, that was his final game. We lost 3-0 to, to Sunderland. And apart from Robles... Uh, in goal, and um, I think we had Matthew Pennington playing. Um, nearly everybody else in that eleven would be highly competitive to getting into our first eleven. Now we had the Gareth Barrys, we had Ron, we had Ross, we had John Stones, we had Leighton Baines. You know, we yeah. had Jimmy McCarthy. And Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, it's seven years on. We've heard it all before, hundreds of millions of pounds. But this squad that we're left with, bloody hell. I mean, I struggle to find a first 11 that, that is going to be competitive. And maybe we're stronger mm. at the back of the pitch, and that's good. We need it. But I would venture to suggest that the resources we have at the moment that we probably carry the least goal threat of any team in the division, and that includes Lutz and Sheffield United, uh, those, yeah. that have, those that have come up, because we've got a half-fit permanently, perhaps, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. We've sold Ellis Sims. Don't really understand why. Mm-hmm. Could have done a job for us, yep. squad player. Um, certainly without getting in a replacement. And who else is going to score mm-hmm. his goals? I don't know. Dwight McNeil's out injured now. So let's yeah. see. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's, uh, it's a big concern. As you say, apart from the uh, the penalty against Sporting, um, we created a couple of nice things, um, but just lacking that cutting edge. And, and it's hard to imagine, you know, a young lad, a young Everton supporter now wanting to get someone like McNeil on the back of the shirt. You know, there's no standout superstar like a Richarlison that you can say, do you know what, yeah. this is the icon of the team. Um, we don't seem to have that at the moment. So, you, you know, you, you could be forgiven for thinking um, there's a lack of uh, excitement in the squad in, in, and a lack of flair, no doubt. Um, well, I mean, I'm not a young Everton supporter. <laughs> well, yeah, True. that's it. <laughs> Definitely. But it's hard, Sorry, to get your head, it's hard to get your head around what the plan is, you know, and this is terribly mm. boring. We talked about it all the time back on Everton Business Matters back in the day, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, what the plan is. Because, you know, Steve Stone came out and said, well, it's all about developing young players. Absolutely fantastic. We need to develop these young players, get them into the first team. Well, we're selling them and putting them out on loan. Yeah. You know, and then uh, there was another one. It might not have been Stone. It might have been another member of the the coaching team or it might just have been the club saying, oh, we've got some great youngsters here that we've developed, Patterson and Branthwaite Mm. and Mikolenko. Well, mm-hmm. they were all bought. So, you know, I, I, I'm just waiting for sort of Thursday afternoon when we'll announce that Tom Davis has been given a new contract. <laughs> because he's out of contract. It wouldn't surprise me. 
He doesn't have, no, a, he doesn't have a club. No one's picked him mm. up. You know? Yeah. I He's, think uh, where I think the plan right now is this albatross that is the new stadium. I think mm. all roads lead to just get to Brenly Moore in the prim, and then we'll figure it out after that. But we need this like put to bed, and then yeah. maybe a real plan can present mm. itself. Yeah, which is which is all well and good. Um, I, I just tend to think that if you aim to stand still, you go backwards, um, and that's. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty much sooner or later, it's going to catch up on us if we try and stay still and try and that you know, was just, was just sit where we are. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was the whole thing. Is like, oh, we'll be hard to beat. We'll be, you know, we need stability. We just need to don't rock the boat. Make mm-hmm. do with what you can with a limited budget, and that's just yeah. Daesh without the accent. Um, mm-hmm. He's the same kind of situation. Frank was a weird one because mm-hmm. Pereira, you know, nuked himself on live TV. Um, <laughs> You know, we had a little bit of like, you know, coming together in Twitter spaces. It just happened at that time. Like that was a weird lightning in a bottle moment. And then we found out very quickly that we were mistaken. Um, But (laughs) I I just think this stability at all costs has really, like you said, John, like if you stand still, you're going to eventually move backwards. Yeah, definitely. Mate, that's the fear. Um, You know, two relegation battles coming down to the wire twice in a row it's just unacceptable so um yeah do you know what actually you remember that um sky survey that came out a couple of weeks back uh, and we were dead bottom for the um the expectations and uh, how we were all feeling as a fan base um roger would you would you agree with that would you say we we are down there because even even looting we're above us in the survey there's expectation, isn't it? This is such a funny football club because, um, you know, we think we're a big club. We are a big club. We've won nine league titles. That's that's mm-hmm. that's great. haven't won a trophy since 1995, though, which is still better yeah. than Tottenham um, for, for any Spurs fans <laughs> listening. And if you are, why are you listening to this? Um, but, <laughs> you know, we've had the opportunity and, um, and we've absolutely uh, spunked it against the wall. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so for, for people like me who, who remember winning trophies and have seen those lift trophies it's difficult to come to terms with you know mid-table being acceptable I still find it very difficult to come to terms with expecting to lose to Manchester City because I see us as a much bigger club better club than them I see us competing at the top level and I'm a deluded fool because of that Um, but when I hear somebody like Dave Feely who um, lots of you will know you know he was one of the key guys behind the Howard's Way film lovely guy one of the most loyal home and away going fans saying that you would snap your arm off for 16th, then we've got Mm -hmm. a problem. We've got a massive Mm -hmm. problem uh, within the fan base. And we can be as excited as we want about new kits and about, you know, a 19-year-old kid coming from Portugal. But at the end of the day, we're going to have to score goals, win games of football and be competitive. There's such a big jeopardy around this stadium. There's still a big question mark over the financing of it. The MSP deal is still not done. And I don't know any more than the fact that it's still not done. And why Mm -hmm. is it still not done? Because Mashiri is refusing, as far as I can tell, to dilute his equity stake in the club and give the MSP people, the professional business and professional sports business people, the degree of control they need. Um, yeah. So there can be no other explanation for that other than Mishiri's intransigence, stubbornness, stupidity, call it what you will. Um, mm-hmm. And the the uh, the fact that uh, Bill is still in situ. So yeah. expectations. Yeah, it's hard to get excited, but it's understandable why. And, and, and our expectations are 
going to be lower than those of Luton because it's a novelty for them to be back in top flight football. Of course it is. Um, yeah. and, and they've had the joy of promotion and they've certainly been down. Crikey, they've been down the National League and back and they're still playing football mm-hmm. in the shoebox. So, you know, take yep. your big stadium and take your big stadium and shove it. You know, I live down here on the south coast now in Bournemouth and they've got an 11,000 seat stadium and they're doing mm-hmm. all right. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we are in a very, very precarious position financially and a very, very precarious position on the pitch. We've got some nice fixtures to begin with. I'm not going to say easy, but they're nice. They could have been a lot harder. Mm-hmm. See how many points we've got three or four games in and uh, yep. maybe we can build from there. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, yeah, you just got to start on, on the, the right uh, foot. And... Go on, mate. I'd real quick on the Mashiri slowing things down. I mm-hmm. believe yeah. that is because he is representing Uzmanov as well. I don't think his shares are his shares for the most part. That might be conspiratorial, yeah. but I don't mm-hmm. think he ever had the level of liquidity that Uzmanov had. And I think yeah. he's just kind of a front. So mm-hmm. he's not saying I'd like to retain more control. It's if I sell these, am I roped in to the sanctions that have hit my friend? Mm. Yeah, and it's quite possible. Um, you know, he's we've been skating around the idea of, you know, being hit with fines or whatever the case may be for Uzmanov's involvement. Um, we don't know. But the, what I will say is this, um, you know, transitional period is taking the piss, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> the transition was supposed to be maybe a month or two. It seems like it's it's going on forever and ever and ever. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a really... We're stuck in limbo at the moment. We're waiting for something to happen and nothing's happening yet. Um, and, and you just don't know how to feel. You want to get excited, but at the same time, you know that there's something just going to pull you back down to earth. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And, and I just feel like we'll get into the new stadium. Everything will be hunky-dory. We might even you know, have Dice playing some fantastic football with wishful thinking and then smack bang down to earth. We get hit with a ban or some kind of other cheese. You know, it's... It's just the Everton way, isn't it? That's how we think in general. Um, but uh, nothing's yeah, changed. Well, John. Nothing's no, changed on, from last season, mate. The, the, the squad's mm. worse. So I, I actually think after Fulham, we get beat by Fulham. I think we're just back straight in it from last season. Yeah. Absolutely, mm. the squad's gone absolutely worse. And yeah, you look at the the, the managers who've tried with this team. It, I think we said it in yes in the last pod, didn't we? We take fifteenth now. <laughs> Mm. Just to echo what Roger was saying, and I firmly believe that if we get beat by Fulham at home on Saturday, that just puts the whole fan base straight back down. Yeah, um, it does. You know, the, the first day excitement's gone, and you don't want mm. to talk like this, but uh, it's Fulham. But this this is the levels we're looking at. You're looking at a yep. team that uninspiring going forward. I think we said again on, on the last pod, lucky if they, if they can pass a ball for it in five yards. It's mm. embarrassingly bad. Yeah. Um, I'm genuinely not looking forward to Saturday. I'll go on record as saying that. I just got, got a fear already of what this squad, the, the, the lack of, of its sort of attacking, you know, prowess, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Got nobody in terms of a striker, even if Dom's fit. Yeah. You're looking at where, where the chances are going to be created from. I'm struggling. Um, yep. Defensively, if Keane plays what already on the back foot, worrying about what he's going to do. So, if anything, it's it's a, the squad's horrendously worse from last year, which was extremely poor. 
So it just feels yeah. like I don't know. It's, you're looking at that squad and thinking, we, it's no wonder that we our expectations are in the toilet and we're one of the favourites to go down. I probably mm-hmm. agree with that. Yeah, don't want to be negative. We right. haven't even kicked the ball yet, but yeah, that, that squad is horrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And you know, it's there's been plenty of outs, not many ends. Um, you know, we still haven't replaced. Lukaku, we left in 2016, 2017, whenever it was, you know, and Richarlison left long ago now, last year, and still haven't replaced him. But I just wish that the club would realise that three points at the beginning of the season are just as vital and just as valuable as those at the end. We seem to be wanting to throw games away in the hopes that everything will just click together. And this comes back to that idea of Dice just being able to, he's he's tape for me, he's just like tape. you throw him, and then he'll just stick it all together and paper over the cracks. And then hopefully at the end of the season, we'll get by. But I I don't know. Sooner or later, your luck's going to run out in that regard. Um, 100%. Mate, yeah. Roger, 100%. Was, was there any kind of uh, standout performers in pre-season that you, that you liked the look of? I know Onana was particularly impressive against Sporting, but um, did you see anyone else who kind of stood out for you there? Uh, no, not particularly, um, because it's difficult to pick out starring performers when the opponents are second division Swiss teams, League One English yeah. teams, and champion and Stoke. I mean, mm. Stoke, come on. Um, and no disrespect to Stoke, but they're a, they're a mid-table championship team. I know they scored four at the weekend, so it's difficult mm-hmm. to pick out. And we didn't score goals, you know. So, so yeah. who is gonna who is gonna stand out? I just want to ask you guys. You know, you're going Saturday, and or or two of you are. You know, how much longer can the crowd keep going to the well? How much longer can we, you know, have our eyeballs popping out when when the siren goes uh, and mm. and dead cars comes on? How many more times can this fan base go to the well um, for the for not for the players because you can't blame the players, you know, the players aren't mm-hmm. doing it deliberately. The players will perform to the best of their ability. Their ability may not be good enough, and the coach may not yeah. be good enough to get enough ability mm. out of the resources he's got for us to win enough games of football to stay in the league. So. You know how what 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 happens? You know what happens Saturday? What happens if Ken Wright turns up on Saturday? What happens um, because he might? You know he mm. might think everything's okay. What happens if Mashiri turns up? You know how how do the match going fans react on a match day? First home game of the season should be full of optimism, sunshine, and a glorious mm. victory against you know Fulham. Who really? I mean Fulham or Wolves? You couldn't pick better opponents opening day of the season. Mm. Because they're yeah. in a bit of bit of limbo. Mitrovic is sulking, and without him, they're they're quite limited going forward. You'd think. So what mm-hmm. what do you do, John Paul? What do you do Saturday? How, how should yeah. the fan base react? Yeah, well, I mean, there's only so many blue flares and you know sirens that you want to see and hear. Um, it, it gets a bit tiresome in the end. Um, yes, it does. You know, the, the players and the and the club themselves have to do a job for you to give that level of support back to them. It's got to be reciprocated both ways. Um, but Paul, do you want to go ahead and answer that, mate? Do you know what? I think genuinely, I'm still tired from the last two seasons. So yeah. mm-hmm. I'm still mentally, and I mean this sincerely, mentally drained by the whole club. If it's not on the field, it's off the field. It's 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 the board, it's finances, it's new cams, it's players being sold, it's you know charges for FFP. You know, there's no respite with this club at all. And yeah. if we if if we were to lose, 
I think to be fair to the fans, the, the eyes would then fix back on the board. Mm. Um, and I think there would be then another outcry, and I think you'd see the marches take place again, unless there's rumours of another march. I haven't seen it on social media, but I think the, 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 the fix would go back to the board. But personally, Roger and, and everyone, and anyone who's listening, I, I am tired. <laughs> mm. Can't remember the last time I enjoyed or was look, really looking forward to going the match. Mm. We do it for the love of the club, don't we? But I haven't enjoyed yeah. it at all. Yeah. Um, that Bournemouth game was soul destroying, and I know it's just a game, it's a sport, but it's it's a regular occurrence now. It's like sort of yeah. going back to the early nineties when we were absolutely abysmal. Um, mm. I, mean, I can remember those days, unfortunately, and you know. <laughs> Sitting in the match against Wimbledon on the last game and, and things like that. So, yeah. but it feels mm. a lot worse because of what's at stake financially as well. So, yeah, it's that added pressure where you were just going for for the love of football. Now it's is the club actually gonna you know go into some absolute mess and end up in administration and the mm. new ground won't come through. So, oh, it's just it's horrific. It, it is, and mm. as much as I want to say I, I can't wait for the new season, I'm. I'm Slightly dreading it, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> and it's, it's been very quiet on the uh, the protest front as well. You know, this summer everyone was saying, "Well, let's see what happens this summer." You know, we, we don't want to rock the boat; it'll stop new players coming in and this that. And you're like, that's nonsense to me. Um, a player is not going to scroll my Twitter feed. Let's be honest; it doesn't matter what what I say. Um, that's not going to stop them. And you know, I'd rather the protest happen in the summer um, rather than when the season's already kicked off. That would be even worse for me. So. Everything's kind of gone quiet on that front. Um, I feel like we should have really gone hammer and tongs to get Ken right out this summer, not during the season. Um, I don't know how you feel on that, Roger. Do you kind of feel the same way on that one? Yeah, I mean, there is, I said on the with the, with the Bobblers, the, the, the club is broken and it's broken mm. because there's no trust. There's no trust for the owner and there's no trust for the chairman. Uh, now the owner can't just leave because he owns the football club. But the chairman could mm. and should and should read the room and should have gone and should have fallen on his sword. And if he wouldn't fall on his sword, he should have been pushed. There's absolutely yeah. no doubt about that. But what we as a fan base can do, we've we've tried just about everything um, in terms of marches, in terms of media attention, in terms of getting press coverage, and 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 all of that good stuff. Um, short of not going to the game. <laughs> You know, short short of nobody turning up at Goodison for a home mm. match, which would be sacrilegious, you know, and you would, I mean, look what happened when the 27 campaign tried to do a walkout, you know, look at look yeah. at the abuse and the infighting that happened there. I think the saddest thing about all of this is that Everton, Evertonians fight, fighting amongst themselves or arguing amongst themselves, you know, yeah. and that is, that is not the fans' fault. That is nobody's fault. That is on the owner. That is on the chairman. That is on the directors, some of whom are yeah. still there who spout complete nonsense about mm-hmm. another record. This is our biggest ever sleeve sponsorship deal. Well, Mr. Mm-hmm. Kenyon, it's our third. So well done you, you know, it's <laughs> just pants. It's just self-congratulatory yeah. word salad. Everything they come mm-hmm. out with is, yep. bull- is bullshit and insults the fan base. What can we mm-hmm. do to get rid of him? I think the answer is nothing at all because it's not within our gift and the chairman will remain until he either gets a large sum of money uh, or until Farhad Mashiri can, can, can grow a pair. You know, that's, mm. that, that's, that's the simple thing. And we as the fans are caught between a rock and a hard place and a, and a, burning, uh, a burning shell of a club. There is, there is mm. 
There is no trust. It is absolutely broken. There is nothing. There is nothing that the club can say that we would believe wholeheartedly. Mm. Um, yeah. Because there's nobody who can stand up and speak on behalf of the club that we would trust. Daesh, yeah, but Daesh is an employee. You know, he could be gone tomorrow. Um, mm. We need somebody who can talk because they're going to be here for the next five or ten years and have the mm. best interests of the football club at heart. And you can't expect a manager, a captain, a player to do that. You've got to have someone who can speak on behalf of the football club with credibility and trust. We don't have such a person. We haven't had such a person for a very long time. Mm. Yeah, it's very true. Um, it's, it's a really sad situation, actually. Um, and I, 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 for what, I was not surprised to see Everton at the bottom of that expectations and you know, positivity table, if you want to call it. Um, but as you mentioned before, Roger, you know, plenty of injuries this pre-season. So is, is that a case that the dice has been running them into the ground and there's been too much running and not much, you know, football work or whatever the case may be. And and now with obviously McNeil injured, Dan Juma has got a bit of a knock. Tarkowski's another one. Calvert-Lewin, we know he's not going to be fit. How many positions, how many spaces do we need to fill with transfers in the next two weeks or so? Well, how many do we need to and how many will we? Um, I mean, you know, I think this squad needs half a dozen players. I think it needs two players at the top of the pitch with some goal-scoring capability. I think any team to compete in the Premier League needs four strikers. And I don't mean, you know, the, the Andy Cole um, and, uh, and Dwight York and Teddy Sheringham and Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Four, mm -hmm. but you need four. You need some to cover for injuries and rotation and substitutions. Um, maybe we've got two in Dan Juma and um, DCL. Um, I'm not counting Portuguese uh, young lad for now. So I think we need two players at the top of the pitch who can score goals between them, probably mm -hmm. get us 15 to 20 goals um, because we're going to need 40 goals. We didn't get 40 goals last season and we barely survived. And we need another centre-back, yeah. 100%, and, and, and probably another full-back. Um, mm -hmm. because, you know, are we, are we saying on one side, we've got Patterson and, and Mikolenko, that's okay. And then we've got Seamus and Ashley Young, and they're both, you know, in their 90s. So I think we need another, <laughs> I think we need another fullback or, or a wide player who can play, you know, can give us some attacking pace, threat yeah. going forward, as well as being able to defend. And, mm -hmm. and we need a couple of midfielders. We need a playmaker and a ball winner. Yep. Now, maybe you could say Onana can do kind of half of each of those roles. Um, and, and Gay maybe is a ball winner, but he's not a ball carrier anymore. His control and mm. distribution is poor. Iwobi's distribution is poor. So we've kind of got bits and pieces, but I think we need two up top, two at the bank, two in midfield. What will we get? Maybe. Maybe we'll get a Che Adams or Mikel Antonio. I, I just don't know. Mm. We haven't got a penny. We haven't got a pot to piss in. There is no money, right? So I, I, I don't quite understand the Portuguese signing. It, it, hopefully it happens or it will happen. It seems to be nailed on. But, you know, yeah. I was talking to someone the other day and it's like going it's like going shopping for a family of four on a tight budget, say 40 quid, mm. and spunking it all on, 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 a, on an expensive bottle of wine with a fancy yeah. label. Because we mm. need bread and butter and we need meat and we need cheese and we need eggs. And, and I mean, this, this kid may well be the next Ronaldo. Who knows? But all I know is last season he played 16 times, scored three goals, mm -hmm. um, got two assists and got four yellow cards. And he's 19 and he's six foot four. Are we spending yeah. 15 million quid on him? I mean, come on. He might be. He might be great. might be a risk worth taking. But if you've got very limited funds, I mean, I know we messed quite a bit up on um, 
you know, uh, Neil Mopay. Um, mm -hmm. But you could you could see an argument that he's scored some goals in the Premier League. Um, and mm. it's clearly he's turned out to be absolute pants and we should get rid, but we can't seem to. So I, I just mm. don't know, mate. We need we need bodies in and and these injuries. I'm not a sports scientist. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But you know, we seem to get injuries whether we overtrain or undertrain. Um, yeah. And it's a bit of bad luck to have injuries, potential injuries, to keep players like McNeil, Tarkowski, DCL, Dan Juma hasn't even kicked a ball yet. I mean, he hasn't mm. kicked a ball yeah. for us. Um, yeah, no, it's shocking. Tarkowski hadn't missed a game in 10 years before he joined Everton. Um, it's always the way, isn't it? And Andrew, were you going to uh, come back in on something Roger said there? Uh, yeah, no, when you were describing Chimriti, uh nearly every one of those stats that you brought up, especially height, exceeded Mopay uh, by about three times. Um, I wasn't against Premier League opposition, but he offers more of what DCL could do physically mm. than Mopai. So it's not plan B is wildly off base from everything else that we've tried to do. You mm. saw what happened when we tried to pump balls in the box. He's just not able to get to them because he mm -hmm. lacks the physicality or height or speed. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's fair enough, mate. And and again, you know, we're trying to we don't want to, but we're trying to pin our hopes on a lad who's unproven, unheard of. Um, this came right out the blue. No one had ever heard of this lad. Um Jokerez obviously went there and he's he, this lad didn't replace Jokerez, otherwise he wouldn't have been out the door. Um so we genuinely don't know what to expect from him. But I can only assume, Roger, that Thelwell has got a plan and this lad is in Thelwell's plans for the next three years, maybe perhaps. Or am I giving yeah. Thelwell a bit too much credit there? I have, I have no idea. Thelwell confuses me as well. And again, I think he's in such a position, rather like Dice, that he is. He's kind of Teflon. Um, you could argue that the rug's pulled from under him and he doesn't have the resources and we've assembled the recruitment team. and He's, he's assembled a good part of that and they've made recommendations of players that Ken Wright's turned down or someone's turned down and Mm -hmm. You know, if that happened to me in a professional capacity, I'd probably walk unless I was getting handsomely rewarded and he's getting handsomely yeah. rewarded. So, mm. you know, it's difficult to say if that's his plan. Um, what I think the director of football and the manager should have been focused on is getting us as competitive a first 11 we can for the first game of the season and getting players in as quickly as possible and moving players on as quickly as possible. And the fact that yeah. we are five days away and we still don't have, uh, you know, uh, striking options, we still haven't signed. Uh, Chimiti and 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 we've only got Dan Juma through the door and we've seen many other players leave. Um, yep. I don't think this window is successful, far from it. Uh, now, whether that is down to Dyche and Thelwell or whether it's down to people not having the money and not having the funds to support them, we don't know. But the plan, the only plan I care about and the only plan I think all of us care about now is getting into Bramley Moor Dock in the Premier League. Uh, and one for the future excites me not at all. Uh, it would have done mm. four or five years ago. Uh, Moise Keane springs to mind, even Sandro spring to mind, you know. Yep. Uh, but we don't need one for the future. We need for now. We need goals and uh, bodies and skill uh, for the now, for the here and now, for the next uh, six to nine months. And uh, mm. from what I'm told, from what I hear, from what, you know, Chimiti is all very exciting, but he's one for the future, one for the future. Why are we buying one for the future? We don't need one for mm. the future. It seems to me to be lunacy, but. You know, what, what do yeah. I know? Yeah, we might not have a future in this league the way we're carrying on. <laughs> um, what I wanted to ask you as well is um, uh, around Chimiti, would you be okay with his signing if we were to get someone like 
Shea uh, Adams or Mikel Antonio, would that kind of soften the blow from with this young lad? Or, I mean, th- those links to me, they're, they're very uninspiring, and I, I just find them patronising and quite pathetic. Really, um, I never want to see a link to anyone like Shea Adams in general, but um, that seems to be the, the direction that we're looking at. Um, it's mm. just copy and paste, mm. Mopai, isn't it? Really? Well, it is. Um, I mean, Chimiti is going to be part of the first team squad we presume, unless we discover he's being loaned out to Ghent in Belgium or something. Yeah. You know, I bet, don't forget, what was the other guy that we signed that he never actually played and we made a turn on him? What was he called? That striker. Um, um, oh. mm. there's, there's, there's been a couple. Um, I know uh, there was a... You know the one I'm thinking of, don't you? And we, he, he went on loan um and but he never he never played for Everton and we ended up selling him at a profit but he never kicked a ball for us and that was mm. all a bit weird and his name will there'll be people shouting at their telephones trying to remember his name <laughs> um but if he's going to be in the first team squad and he's going to get minutes but he's not going to be starting he's not he's mm. not going to be our starting center forward is he i mean that's a, that is the bravest of brave calls to take a 19 year old kid from sporting lisbon and have him start Premier League games mm. for Everton within a, within a nanosecond. Um, I suppose the, so, so, you know, is he going to be another Moise Keane? Is he going to be another Sandro? Mm. Um, the whole argument about Che or Che Adams or, or Miguel Antonio, I suppose there's a touch of the Kevin Campbell about it. Um, you know, Kevin Campbell uh, saved us. He saved us under uh, Walter Smith. And um, then we had a couple of good years out of him. Uh, he scored in a scramble in the derby, as we know. Uh, and he came in very late. It was before transfer windows. So I think he came in in like the March and he scored something absurd, like nine goals in six games or something. So, mm. you know, yeah. taking, a, taking a, let's say, over the hill uh, player from another club, um, mm. albeit Arsenal, and he obviously learned his trade there. Mate, I, I just, Che Adams, no, doesn't excite me. But I don't care who they are. If they can score a dozen goals in an Everton team, for me, that's what we need. Uh, mm. Mikel Antonio, a couple of years ago, perhaps. But, God almighty, I mean, it is, it's difficult to get excited, isn't it? You know, Jokeres mm. is a funny one, because Jokeres we've been after for a while. Jokeres goes to Sporting Lisbon. Ellis yep. Sims goes to Coventry to replace him. <laughs> and a kid from Sporting comes to Everton. And mm. we seem to be at the bottom of the food chain, not the top of the food chain. Now, let's hope that's yeah. not the case. Um, mm. uh, what, where else Where else are we going to get goals? Who else are we going to get? You know, Cole Palmer scored, didn't he? Uh, not Cole Palmer. Mm. Uh, what's he called? Um, Palmer that scored for City yesterday in the, in the Community Shield. Yeah, you know, Cole Palmer. He, yeah, Cole Palmer. Impressive for the under-21s or the under-19s mm-hmm. in the summer. Um, and, and I remember thinking, why don't we go to City and say, give us him on loan for the season, you know? Because mm-hmm. he's going to get yeah. more first-team action with us. But obviously, they want to keep him, whatever. I mean, are, mm. there, are there talents we, we, we can get from other Premier League clubs that they will loan us, you know, youngsters that they want to give, but, but they really, really, really see potential in? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Where are the goals coming from? You know? Yeah. Where's our midfield goal scorer? Where's our set piece taker? Where's mm-hmm. you know where where's our where's our Stephen PNR? Where's our uh, Arteta? Dare I say it? You know, yeah. Uh, you know the leading goal scorer last season five six goals was that it? Iwobi? Yeah. It? No, Dwight yeah. McNeil. Dwight McNeil. But mm-hmm. got to score goals to, to to win games and uh, 
yeah. where the hell we're coming from. Uh, yeah, I don't know. absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm kind of hoping as well, and and maybe this is just me being a bit of a dreamer, but maybe if you think back to Marcus Bent, um, he wasn't yes. a prolific striker, but he came in and he'd done the job that we needed to do to allow other players to flourish around him. Um, I'm hoping that maybe Chimiti can be that in that would kind of take the pressure off him a little bit if people kind of get on board with that ideology um i don't know maybe that's just me being a bit of a dreamer in that situation um but well, I, that's I did like there, about john that's like it was a henry on your car eh? um oh yeah it, absolutely well done thank you on your um, crew thank you paul <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i remember that one because he was like he was quite sore after wasn't he but we couldn't get the work permit sorted um, yeah right and he went on about five loans, and then he, I think he went into, I can't remember if it was a French club in there, I can't remember for the life of me, but just remember reading about this guy, and he was like, real hot prospect on that typical Everton. Mm. <laughs> I think he's in Turkey at the moment as well, to Is be honest. He? I think that's where he's ended up, yeah. Remember that one, so, yeah. Um, Believe yeah. I have Mad an man. argument for Che Adams and or Miguel Antonio. Okay, mate, give it to us. They're not Woot Weghorst. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. But again, when, you know, the bar is here. <laughs> when yeah, the, the bar is underground. But when he <laughs> played for United and flamed out, uh, well, he never got hot. But when he didn't do well at United and we got dice, I was like, oh god damn it. Mm. Because that seemed like a perfect because that's who he signed to replace Chris Wood when Newcastle snatched him. Yeah, he did. It was like, oh please no. So mm. I think we might have escaped that one. Mm, definitely. Although he did have a decent World Cup, but no, I'm not going to talk about him. I don't want him. Um, moving on then, I did like want to talk Candyman. about the... Yeah, exactly, mate. Just don't speak into existence. Just don't do it. Um, Iwobi versus Decore for me. This is, this is a nice little argument that I've been going back and forth with myself in my, in my own head, because as I do with Everton, um, the number 10 spot um, on the mm. field Decore has been playing out of his skin obviously the last six months in in that Tim Cale kind of role um, Roger who do you think is more suited for that spot there because it will be was leading the way in assists the first half of the season I think he was up there with De Bruyne but obviously in, in terms of goals the second half of the season Decore was playing out of his mind once Frank Lampard left um, who, who gets to that spot there and then what do you do with the other person who doesn't get in that spot well, I think it's Decore, isn't it? On form, on most recent form. I think he's more of a natural goal scorer. I think he's got a better shot on him. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's um he's able to anticipate a little bit a little bit better. Uh, yeah. Uh, Iwobi might be fitter and might have better stamina, but Iwobi tends to do things quite quite slowly. You can see the thought process going on and then often mm-hmm. the passes get intercepted. Um yep. I mean, I would have thought the idea is Dan Juma plays kind of off the target man, doesn't he? But am I, am mm. I, or is Dan Juma going to play wide? Are we? What formation are we playing? Does anyone know? A four-three-three, <laughs> four-five-one, four-one-one seems to be yeah. the. Is it one-one? Mm. Mm. And so Decore is yeah. the one. Yeah, it's it's very much Moisesque in terms of you know a player mm. just behind the striker that can drop back into a five midfield as well. That's kind of how I. Look at it, really. Um, I think Dan Juma Dan will on predominantly be off the left, maybe. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So it's a case of Decore gets that spot. I, I'm in agreement there. He would but for what me. do you do with he it? What do you me. do with the Wilby? Um, well, the right Wilby's going to be. 
Iwobi's going to be competing for the other sort of central positions, isn't he? He's not going to play, you know, if we've got McNeil on one side, Dan Juma on the other, then mm. you've got Ghana and you've got Ghana, Ghana and um, Iwobi and who else in central midfield? Onana. Yes, Onana. And Gomez, so, if he gets on, in the squad, yeah. Really, really? Um <laughs> <laughs> I'd have thought. I'd have thought probably you would start with Onana and Iwobi if it was mm. if everyone's fully fit. Onana and Iwobi, Danjuma one side, McNeil the other. I quite yep. think. I, I think there may be a case for um, Ghana. Uh, yeah, coming Rich. coming in, G- Jimmy Garincha. I mean the under twenty nine. Yeah, it's under twenty nine. The under nineteen Ghana. <laughs> um, uh, and, and, you know, him and Patterson, uh, Ghana played right back towards the end of the season, did quite well. Mm. Um, now, then you've got Ghana competing with Patterson and then where's Ashley Young? So, I mean, at the back, I, I, playing a four seems to be difficult for me. Yeah. Um, because I think maybe Ghana is, is well suited to, and Iwobi has played that sort of right wing back type role. And, mm. and and maybe Ashley Young, maybe Ashley Young could be a third centre back. Can he? Oh, really? We did it with it's, Coleman it's, a million times. Yeah. Remember when yeah. Uh, what was it? Dean got injured really bad, and we went yeah. with a flat back four for like all yeah. of December, and it went incredibly well somehow. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Carlo had the best idea with four centre backs. Just you know, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's a headache that thankfully we don't have to deal with and Dice has to deal with. And no doubt that when he puts the team sheet out next week uh, or, or later this week, we'll all be saying, well, he should have done this, he should have done that. But realistically, we, we don't know because I don't even know if Dice knows his best team um, based on how inconsistent everybody is in the squad. Maybe Decore walks into it at the moment on current form and Calvert-Lewin, obviously, and maybe Tarkowski, but then... What about the rest? Um, the problem is, yeah. as you mentioned there, Ashby Young gets a game, no doubt, because of his uh, his experience. Um, but that is a major, major problem. Um, but what do you make of the signings of uh, Ashley Young and Danjima Roger in general? Um, I, I hated the idea of Ashley Young when I was first linked with him. And I, I still hate him now. And it's not his fault that he will play well. And I know he will play well, but it just grinds my gears that he is one of the best players in the team at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Um, mm. One of those players that you love to hate and the opposing uh, side. Um, he's 38. I mean, he's just 38. Yep. And that's, that's, that's <laughs> too much for me. He's 38. Mm. That's, that's the end of the discussion. If, you, yep. if, you're, telling, if you're telling me that that is the very best we can do and that he is worth however many thousands of pounds a week, age 38, mm-hmm. then yep. then um, that's a desperate state of affairs. Dan Juma, don't know, really. He was all right at Bournemouth for a bit, got himself a move mm-hmm. abroad, did all right at Villarreal. They don't seem keen to keep him. Mm. Yeah. That's funny. Didn't impress at mm. Tottenham, right? Um, now he wants to come again. Got to give him a chance. He's got a talent, you know. He's um, he's quite pacey and skillful, and we like pacey and skillful. Yeah. Um, but let's see what he can produce. He, he, I wouldn't say he excites me, but I'm more optimistic about him helping us to win games of football than I am Ashley Young. Um, mm. 
Uh, and it's just the whole argument you've got to make to be supportive of the Ashley Young signing. That kind of yeah, that just that just takes the absolute center of my being out and drains me of all <laughs> just mm. hope that that's the best yeah. we can do. I mean, please just stop the Harry Maguire links. Stop mm. them because yeah, I know I can't believe we'd be that stupid again. Um, mm. But nothing will ever surprise any of us with this with this regime. Not Everton. Mm. Not, I mean, Everton. Everton comes with the Everton Army. That's why we're the Everton Army podcast, of course. But with this <laughs> regime, with the absolute certifiable lunacy of some of the things we've done and the signings we've made in the mm. seven years of Mashiri's Everton, nothing should surprise us. Yeah, yeah, it's shocking. Um, I was very much of the mindset that if you take Ashley Young on this summer. No doubt there will be another one next summer. Uh, when does it end? When do you get away from this ideology of taking these pros? Just because it worked once for Gareth Barry doesn't mean it's going to work every single time with the likes of Delph and other players as well. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping Ashley Young proves us all wrong. But again, it's it's, it's evident. It, it puts you in that conundrum where you want to be positive, but they really test your limits somehow. Um, and they do it every single time. Um I, I wanted to talk about Deli Ali as well. Um, he's just recently yeah. begun the number twenty share this season. Um, we know obviously the the struggles that he's he's faced, and you know the things that he's gone through the last couple of months or a couple of years as well. Um, and he's currently injured at the moment, and he's still miles away, according to Dice. But do you feel like he's got a place in this team for you, Roger? Yeah, it brings me back just before we come on to him. Uh, I'm sure yeah. people will say, <laughs> you know, hang on. You said you want players for now, and Ashley Young is a player for now. So, so mm-hmm. you know that that's the one side of the scales that he is a player for now. He's got a great yeah. fitness record, and we should get a full season out of him. And hopefully, mm-hmm. he can bring on players around him. Hopefully, he can help improve Mikolenko. Hopefully, he can help improve Patterson. And hopefully, mm-hmm. the likes of Branthwaite will benefit from being around him. But it's just a dispiriting signing. Thirty-eight years old, for the love of God, yeah. can't we do any better? We obviously can't. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection of where we are. Deli Alley, yeah, the man kept us up. Crystal Palace game, you should never forget mm-hmm. that he came off the bench at half time and he was instrumental chasing yeah. down the ball um, for the for the uh, ultimately the free kick that that led to the, the goal from uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Yeah, um, brings me back to Daesh to being great at PR and shit at PR. The two sides of his PR. <laughs> um, I, I was disgusted when he said that Deli Alley's miles away. I was absolutely disgusted mm. in that. I don't care whether it's true or false. It's absolutely no need to say it. Mm-hmm. I, I can see. I can see the only effect that has is destroy the kid's confidence. Mm. I, I can see no point in saying Deli Ali is miles away. He might be. He might never play another game of football. He's going to cost us ten million quid in a couple of games. But mm. but I can see no point in saying that. I wish Deli Ali all the best. I think he was a great mm. footballer, and um, grateful to him for his contribution in that Crystal Palace game. Very brave mm-hmm. human being for coming out and saying what he said with Gary Neville. Yeah, got oodles of time for him, uh, and I would be delighted if he could make a positive contribution to Everton. I, I'm yep. really unhappy with the manager saying he's miles away. However true it is, you know, look at the game of cat and mouse he played with Dominic Calvert Lewin and continues to play with Dominic Calvert Lewin and his fitness. And quite right, you know, don't tell that if you don't want the message out there, don't put the message out there. So why say it? Mm. Pointless, self defeating. I will take a very weird position for me and hypothetically defend Dice on this one. I think perhaps that could have just been like match fitness and not necessarily like 
ability to play the game. Like he looked wildly out of shape looks. I mean, this was mm. days ago that we saw the last picture of him. Yeah. It could just maybe be that he like, he doesn't have 60 minutes in his legs right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying maybe devil's advocate. He might just not have it in him to play a premier league match based solely on cardio at this point. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we do know he, he obviously went in for some surgery as well when he came back from Turkey. So there's, there's that to it as well. Um, you know, he's going I, through I don't some... doubt it's true. I just yeah. don't, I don't see the reason to say it. That's all. Yeah, no, that's fair that's enough. Mate. Footballers um, should be fit anyway, shouldn't they? Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'd say that's yeah. dancing contractually. The, the onus mm. is on them, apart from injuries, is, is to maintain a level of fitness, surely. Yeah. That's, that's your job, isn't it? To be actively fit. Mm. And you're getting paid handsomely to do it. Mm. In my opinion, yeah. I don't know this thing about... Because I know when they go back and they have all the metrics tested and, you know, they pinch a little inch of fat on the belly and stuff like that and go, oh, you're a bit overweight and whatever. But surely that's a player. The well-oiled machines, you shouldn't have to... Mm. measure that should you they it should be an expectation that you yeah. look yeah. i just saw a picture of casemiro uh this morning the man's head is a sphere <laughs> <laughs> he has enjoyed yeah. his summer <laughs> big time yeah i don't think that time off but surely if you are in in that sport and you're getting paid those sums of money i just think there's there should be a level of something in terms of you know you should be looking after your body you, we always get told don't we to show career and you know, don't know when it's going to be over. So surely, at the forefront of players' minds is is the is the health and the mental health and everything. And they've got the best people that that money can buy around them, haven't they? Let's be honest. Mm, yeah, you know, they're not on an yeah. NHS waiting list for eight months. Mm. I mean, I think the problem is, respect, John. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, um, we've been so spoiled now in, in in a day and age where you know there is so much uh, sports science and you know, analytics and statistics and whatever, you know, the technology that goes into fitness these days is very much computer-based and not actually physical. I think we get overwhelmed with the idea of there's a there's a lot to help people, so there's no absolutely no excuse to not be in that shape. Um, sometimes forgetting that people are actually human, do you know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. And in the case of Deli Ali, as you say, I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses. It is what it is. He's, he's been through a lot, um, but I just feel like it's, we can afford to give him a little bit of time. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah, and I definitely. feel like switching it up as well, Deli Ali, actually, I feel like he should owe the club in some way. He should owe the club to get fit and show us what he can do. Um, the club's obviously supported him through thick and thin by the looks of it. Um, I feel like he needs to get back on the pitch and just show, not us, the fans, just for the club themselves, just to show, you know, yeah. what, what he's about, really. But... Um, Hypothetically, if he can get fit, Roger, would you? Uh, does he does he get a place in the team automatically? Well, Deli Ali of, of five years ago, six years ago, Tottenham. Of course, he does. Mm. You know, he's probably the closest thing to Tim Cahill that you've yeah. seen. You know, good in the air mm-hmm. as well. Uh, yeah, good shot on him. A uh, little bit of an edge. Of course, he does. But I'm not sure he'll ever be that. Not sure he'll ever be that that player. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we should ever have signed him, albeit he did make the difference in that one fixture. I think it was a vanity move by Lampard, very, very ill-advised. Yeah. Um, you talk about fitness, you know, I'm reading just, you know, half an hour ago in the Echo about how Dominic Calvert-Lewin's tried everything. You know, he's been to Germany and the club helped him and he's doing yoga and he's doing this and he's doing that and he's tried every kind of yeah. thing and, and he's had gaffer's day. 
and and mm. he can still only manage 45 <laughs> minutes of football. So his mm. body's broken, isn't it? His body must be broken. If he, you know, yeah. he's had a really bad injury, you know, the, the, the quadricep became detached from the bone or something, you know, it yeah, sounds it really is, quite yeah. horrific, yeah? Mm-hmm. But if, if he can, if he's done all of these things, and if there's anybody who owes the club, Dominic Calvert-Lewin owes the club. I mean, you know, he's, yeah. he's played, what has he played? 25 games of football, 25 appearances in two seasons, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. And we've supported him and he's delivered some key goals. Of course, that goal against Palace. And, and, and you know, I, I, I remember him in his pomp. I remember that magnificent header opening game of the season, the COVID season under Carlo away at Tottenham. Yep. Do you remember that? What a header mm-hmm. that was. Absolute bullet top corner. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, it's not like he's gone off the rails, shall we say, a la Deli Alley. He's had a really bad injury mm. and there's no way back for him. So yeah. what are we doing? I mean, what are we doing? Because if he's done all of this training, which he undoubtedly has, if he's done, tried all of these different things and all of these different clinics that he's been to and he still can't get up to match fitness after a full pre-season and gaffer's day and he can only manage 45 minutes of football, Jesus wept. Mm. Yeah. When is he going to be Absolutely. able to play 90 minutes of football? He's been he's mm-hmm. been in recovery. It's not he's coming back from a broken leg, is it? Is it for saying? Mm-hmm. You know, he's got yeah. to maybe his body just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's quite possible. Um I wanted to talk about as well um Jared Brantwaite because uh, mm-hmm. this is a play that I'm I'm really excited about. Um we, we talk about the lack of things to cling on to in the squad to get excited about. He is definitely one of them. Um, albeit he has been linked to a move to Manchester United for around 25 million. Um, Roger, your thoughts on Jared Brantwaite? Um, should he be playing alongside Tarkowski this season? Should he be in the team automatically ahead of Keane and Godfrey? Well, just to, <laughs> just to be clear, a little under an hour ago when I said I was here for the positivity, um, <laughs> Jared Brantwaite, he can... I, no, I, I just... I've only seen him play a few times. Mm. Um, when I did see him, he seemed scared of the football. Um, <laughs> he seemed a little ungainly and a little bit scared of the football. So a lot mm. of people I know said, oh, he's great. Look at him. Great talent. Bought him from Carlisle for two and six or whatever. Mm. Uh, and he was a Marcel, Marcel Brands founder. Marcel Brands is meant to be a good judge of, of a player. They took him over to yep. PSV and he played a number of games. He wasn't always a starter, but played some European games, scored some goals. Um, yeah. What I found most interesting about Jared Branthwaite was that Marcel Brands didn't try and keep him. Mm. Um, so he's a young, talented footballer. I'm not sure if, I, I, you know, let's see how he's been training. Has he played much in, in pre-season? No, because, of course, he was away with England. Um, mm-hmm. I certainly don't think he'll be starting against Fulham. Obviously, he will now, but um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I don't see how you can justify picking him. But I mean, this goes back to my point about pre-season. We haven't tried. You know, he should have been building up a partnership with Tarkowski. And he yeah. hasn't had a chance to do that. Okay, he's been on international duty. But, but mm. you know, the whole point of pre-season is to develop partnerships and, 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 and getting to know each other and, and tactics and the like. So I yeah. can't see him starting against Fulham. Um, mm. and, and I've never, I haven't seen him play very much. I've seen him probably play three or four times. In, in quite a desperate team at some desperate times, of course. Uh, he got sent off. Did he get sent off as well in a cup tie, did he? Was it a cup tie? Or a uh, yeah. yeah, he got that red for the chase down. That's right. Um, yeah, professional foul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And he was all arms and legs chasing him there. And I thought he almost didn't mean to trip him up. He was like a baby giraffe behind him, was yeah. my recollection mm. of the incident. That's um, his nickname, so, isn't it? Like, is officially. It? Yeah. <laughs> 
See, I've got the inside track there, Andrew. That's me. Um, (laughs) I gave him that name when I was up at Finch Farm the other day. Um, So maybe, maybe he'll be all right. He's better than Mason Holgate, but I'm better than Mason Holgate and I'm 59. (laughs) So, um, yeah, maybe he deserves a chance. Um, Mm. I don't really understand why Connor Cody left, but let's leave that for a separate uh, for a separate discussion. Um, Who starts at centre back? Mm, Tarkovsky, if fit and... I think he'll start Michael Keane because he trusts him. God knows why, but he does. Mm, that's the worry. That is the major, major worry. Um, I was clinging on to the hope that, you know, Brantway played in the sporting game. Um, usually yeah. the last pre-season game before the season, uh, same as the Community Shield the other day, people tend to play the best 11, um, something that you alluded to, Andrew, the other day. Um, hopefully that's an indication that Brantway will be playing next week. But then again, we don't know. We don't know. Um Dice is, is, whenever anyone screams at him for an idea, it tends to do the opposite thing um, just to try and prove a point. Sometimes it's worked, like with Decoria, or whatever the case may be, but, yeah. you know, we just don't know. Just don't know. Um, Brantwaite, I quite like the lad. Um, and, and I don't know, obviously, we haven't seen much of him, but he, he's, he's bigger than Tarkowski. Um, hasn't got much pace, but I think that you can learn to... Uh, you know, you can build up his, his awareness. Um, he had a shocking game at Newcastle. Remember that one where he, that was an awful game. I think he came off injured that game as well. Um, really, really poor game there. But I don't know. Got the um, equaliser against Chelsea, though. Scored against Chelsea. He did. Yep. Yeah, he did. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I remember um, his intro. So... Was it Southampton, I want to say, um, mm-hmm. or Sheffield? One of those two, um, where he got introduced and then immediately shit the bed. Like within a matter of seconds, it was a corner and he just completely fucked it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm not going to hold them against them because obviously he's still a young lad. Um, he was only a fetus when that happened. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold that against them. Um, I'd like to see him get a lot more minutes this season and not just be a cup player as well. I'd like to see him get a few in the league. But uh, if Manchester United are looking at him, maybe that's a good sign. That's a good sign for us. I don't know. Um the other one is obviously Damari Gray. He's, he's been linked with a move away to Fulham quite heavily mm-hmm. this week. Um, he's uh, we were supposed to be in for Wilfred Nonto from Leeds. Obviously, that's gone quiet now. He played in their game yesterday. Uh, Damari Gray, Roger, do, do you feel like he's he's okay to leave, or would you keep him this season? Um, I, I don't look. He obviously wants to go, doesn't he? Um, mm. it, it would appear. Um, but he scored occasional goals. Um, he carried an occasional threat. He was yeah. quite decent from a um, dead ball, shooting mm-hmm. from distance, a um, little bit of pace about him. And mm. so I'm not sure what the logic is that says get rid of him unless you're replacing him with more and better. Mm. Um so maybe um, Dan Juma is his replacement or maybe Wilfred Nonto is his replacement. I don't think Nonto mm-hmm. will be, but who knows? Um, mm. If we're going to get money, then hopefully that money can then be spent because said we haven't got any. Yep. If we can get 10 million for him, then, then sure, if we can reinvest it. But do you trust these clowns to reinvest it properly? Mm. That's it. That's it. If, if we're, the answer if, is if, no, if, quite if, simply. If effectively there's Amari Gray, Damari Gray's going and Chimiti's coming in, um, mm. no, because for the season, for the now, I'd rather have Damari Gray, wouldn't you? 
Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that we can get another winger in. Um, there seems to be, it's gone very, very quiet this week. This week, this week, this week has been silent when it comes to transfers um, and, yeah. and transfer rumours in general, apart from obviously share, share them. So I'm not going to bring him up. I'm not going to speak that one into existence. But yeah, Damari Gray for me is, is a, very inconsistent player. I think he's, what is he, 26, maybe 27 now. Um, if he doesn't find that consistency now, he probably never will because he should be at peak powers right now. Um, Fulham seems like a nice little level for him. Um, and the thing is, if we do let him go, I don't want him to play against us at Fulham. He, he should be able to say, or we should be have something in that deal to say, okay, you can sign him, but he's not going to play until after the Fulham game. No one ever, and that's not going to happen. He'll come on and score three. Um, but... Yeah, Damari Gray is it. I don't know. I, I haven't been overly excited by him. Um, at times, he's been very greedy. Um, he's tried to do his best when he's played up front. Again, this is the problem with Everton. You know, he's it's an indictment against the club more so than Damari Gray that he's played up front because of the lack of strikers that we've had. And he's done his best. I remember the Nottingham Forest game last season, uh, early on in the season, and Pickford had that. He had the assist where he just completely lobbed the ball over. It was a phenomenal pass from Pickford and Damari Gray latched on the end of it. We saw that once all season um, and it's a real shame because that was some beautiful goal there. But yeah, Damari Gray, if we can get 10 million, that just represents good business. 1.5 million we bought him for or something like that. So yeah, just you just got to do that one. Um, Paul, uh, Damari Gray for you, mate, are you happy with him with him leaving? And, and you know, it, it still leaves us, again, you know, we're, we're always talking about shipping players out but we always seem to leave ourselves short when you think we've got several wingers in a couple of days time you know we're skinned with, with wingers and, and you know when we've got a couple of strikers then you know we, we're in a week of time they're, they all, remember that situation last year where we had about eight left backs and they all just left in the same summer it was just <laughs> ridiculous so I don't know what to make of the Demari Gray you're like yeah we need to we can get rid yeah fine but again as Roger said you're not going to trust them to bring anyone else in in time yeah, and we brought Vanagre and I never saw him. Just like the exactly, most bizarre yeah. transfer I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, crazy. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not sad to see to see Gray go, John. I, do you know what, mate? I think he's generally. I think he's actually peaked a little bit. I think um, his all-round play from from what I've seen in the home games predominantly is if he comes in and out of games, he'll try hard. Um, mm. The best crosser of a ball I've seen. Um, yeah, he, he looks to shoot now and again, and he does score the odd great goal. You cannot take that away from him. He was, he was Andy from the yeah. penalty spot as well, so I can't mm. take that totally away from him. But he seems like one of those players that when he's not interested, he's not really, he's not on it. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. yeah, consistency probably is the biggest negative, I think, with Damari Gray. So, um, we can't afford to have that. We, we just can't afford to have that type of player. We can't carry a player like that um, if we can get 10 million quid what is he now 27 28 yeah. mm. um, I think that's decent business and, saying, and let's be honest you don't get a player for one and a half million without a reason mm. do you I don't think yeah, that's certainly I've gone back a couple Absolutely. of years so there's definitely something uh, I think there's something there with him and from what I've been reading he's been late for training a few times um, mm. allegedly so Probably not not one of Dice's probably type of players, is he? So, um, yeah, I, I don't think he'll be a massive missed apart from the odd goal. Always remember his City goal. Fantastic yeah. goal at Man City. Uh, and his crossing in the Palace game for TCL. But 
think there was the Arsenal goal as well, which is a cracker. But other than that, mate, he was so in and out of games that yeah, I think I think if we can get the a decent price, that's one I wouldn't be too unhappy with, mate, to be fair. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah. Um just just good business all around that one. Uh uh Roger, just before we go as well, mate, um I just wanted to uh talk about the expectations for this season. I know you briefly alluded to, you know, we'd we'd be happy with sort of 15th in between 12th and 15th we talked about the other day as well um it's sad it's a sad situation but realistically where would you be happy with this season and also does Dyche that does Dyche have to prove that you know he's more than just a lifeguard this season um and and if he doesn't do that is his time off at the end of next season um the hardest the hardest part of that question is is what you mean by happy mm. Um, I think um, we have all been so ground down that it's about survival. Uh, mm. Survival on the pitch and survival off the pitch because financially we're in a dire state. Um, I'd settle for surviving now. And mm-hmm. I don't care if that's 17th or 16th, I'll settle for that. It's not the club that I grew up with. It's not the club that I really identify with, but you yeah. know, it's all it's all we've got. It's it's staying alive, as somebody once said. Um, I, I, and I think it's totally counterproductive to blame the players, manager, director of football, however frustrated we get with them. And I do. Mm-hmm. The players, certainly I get frustrated with Thelwell. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Daesh, but hey-ho, he's, he's in the job. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's an impossible job. Everton job right now and um, I think it's just about survival I'm sorry mm. that's all it is I, 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 yeah. I don't really I don't really care who plays I don't really care how we get the points I'm not getting that upset about signings or lack of them because you know I might yeah, I'm passionate every now and again but it's drained the energy like you know Paul and yourself and Andrew have said it's drained the life out of us the last two or three mm. seasons certainly the last yeah. two so for me survival that's all I care about I don't care how and I don't care who um, and um, I, I all I do know is that we're more vulnerable we're starting the season in the most vulnerable position on and off the pitch I've ever known us to start a season yeah. and it scares the shit out of me. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, but but that's just the way it is. Um and and for so long as the owner remains in control, in inverted commas, and so long as the chairman remains at the football club, um, there isn't any hope to kill us because there's no hope really. No hope of change. Mm. Yeah. Roger, can it's I just sad. ask one question just, just before we do yeah. But what is Ken Knight getting from staying? What he, he sold his shares, didn't he? So he made a nice handsome yeah. sum of He's still got shares. He's still, he still got, got shares. shares. He's still yeah. got about he's got about seventeen hundred and fifty shares. Right. Uh with an agreement supposedly to sell them to Mashiri at any point in time for five thousand pounds each. That's just over eight million quid. Right. So he's in it for that. that. That's answered that question, hasn't it? <laughs> but the two aren't connected, Paul. The two aren't connected. Mashiri can get rid of his chairman. It's absolutely fine. He can get rid of him. Mashiri mm. can get rid of him. He can call an extraordinary general meeting 
get rid of the chairman. He owns 90 odd percent, 94 plus percent of the club. He can get yep. rid of the chairman. The agreement as to whether or not Kenwright needs to receive money for the shares and how much he needs to receive is a totally unconnected matter. Okay. Mm -hmm. But Mashiri is an indecisive uh, man who, who, changes, who changes his mind. Uh, he's indecisive. And um, my understanding is that the MSP deal uh, is much, much harder to conclude. And would you know it, it hasn't been concluded um, for so long as Bill Kenwright is the chairman of Everton Football Club. So take your transitional period and shove it. Yeah. He's not a transitional period man. He is a blockage. And he is a blockage until the only person who can remove him, Farhad Mashiri, removes him. That's it. It's that simple. But it's not linked to money. I mean, it is, but it's not. The two, the two things are totally separate. Bill can have his money for his mm. shares as and when Farhad chooses to give him his money for his shares. And that agreement may or may not be legally binding. Don't know. And I don't care. Um, what mm. I do know is like in any company, the, board, the, the owner or the owners of the equity can decide to hire and fire directors um, subject to votes. And he's got 90 odd percent of the votes. So he does yeah. it. Yeah, compensation. Yes, seen... he'll need to pay hmm. compensation, bonus packages, whatever. There'll need to be financial compensation because he's an employee. Bill Kenwright is an employee. Forget this. Never hmm. take the penny out of the club. He's on a salary, nice big salary. So he just needs to be severed. His employment needs to be terminated, and yeah. it is in Mashiri's gift to do that. And Mashiri is choosing yeah. not to. So you know, that's hmm. that's the state of affairs. It's a crazy situation. I've never seen an organisation, um, you know, where the majority shareholder listens to someone with only 1% or less than 1% so frequently and so often. It's madness. Um, and and the, I suppose the final question is re relating to that. Um, would you be okay with Ken Wright getting an ambassador role if he were to leave his job as officially? Uh, or is it a case of we can have our cake and eat it and you just don't want to see him ever again? So there's no place for him at the football club. There's no place for him. The fans know that. He knows that. But he's got too big an ego to accept it. He's had his time. He's had 20-odd years at the football club. Um, I can remember a story I've told before. I managed to gatecrash the Everton Players Party 1995 at the Royal Lancaster Hotel. And I just got in in time for him. Uh, Bill was the deputy chairman at the time. And he mm -hmm. presented Peter Johnson with the, a framed shirt of Captain Dave Watson. And um, mm. thanked Peter Johnson for everything he'd done for the football club, for saving the football club. And we all know yeah. how that panned out. So, mm. you know, um, I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. Um, that's the only time I've seen him uh, with my own eyes and heard what he's had to say. He's had his mm. time. He's had his opportunity. He found us a billionaire and he still screwed it up. So he doesn't have a future at the football club in any capacity, mm. ambassadorial or, or, or what, and his hangers-on have to go with him because there are still acolytes in the football club, you yeah. know, whether that's some of the ambassadors with their Mr Chairman references in the Everton FC commentary that make me want to throw up. Um, they need to all go, and we need a new club. We need our club back. It's our club, not his. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, honestly. Um, and it, it, it summed it up, really, when Coleman got that contract and we just kept milking the shit out of it. And also, uh, you know, him, again, turning up just out the blue uh, to, to have his say on the situation as well. But, yeah, it, I'm, I'm very much of the same, mate. And at the moment, we're just all sitting in limbo, I suppose. Um, 
we've been saying for ages on this podcast. Hopefully, we can hear something from the MSP deal. Hopefully, weeks go by and nothing gets said. Um, it's we're just sitting here in in, in a really big grey area at the moment. Um, but Roger, appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. And and again, pass our best wishes on to Paul when you speak to him next as well. Um, yeah, oh, it's a that, pleasure. Mate. It's and, a pleasure. I mean, it's always good to talk, Everton. It's kind of therapeutic. It's kind of cathartic. I wish we had more positivity. I wish I could be more positive. <laughs> um, mm. But you know, maybe Decore will bang one in from twenty-five yards after ten minutes, and we'll go on and mm. trounce the cottagers. And Marco Silva will um, skulk off with his tail between his legs, and then mm. maybe I'll wake up. Yeah, that would be quite nice. Uh, we'd all feel better then. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alternatively, it could go wrong, and Michael Keane can score an own goal. And then, yeah, but let's yeah, let's try and think of the positives. Roger, thank you so much again, mate. Appreciate your time. Pleasure, guys. Uh, Paul, as always, Andrew, pleasure, uh, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Evan, are we? Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching for at Podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at EAWpodcast at gmail.com